You're listening to the World Famous White Roof Radio with cast number 550 for Monday, May the 4th, 2015. Tonight, brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and OutMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style. It's OutMotoring.com. Hey everybody, it's DB in Arizona bringing you a brand new episode of the World Famous White Roof Radio. We're talking about Mini Coopers for you on Monday night, like we like to do. Joined tonight, as always, my good friend Todd Pearson, MotoringStripes.com. Todd, say hello. I am uh, I'm here. You're currently captaining, captaining the uh, basically the Starship Enterprise, right? Don't You're surrounded by like 27-inch screens. <laughs> it's like NORAD on my desk right now, man. I could take over a third-world country, I think, with the computing power I have. <laughs> That's awesome. And also joined tonight by our friend Alex. He's uh, on the West Coast this evening, and which is why he sounds a little funny, because he's on the wrong coast. Alex. Yeah, I'm sorry, everyone, for the quality of the call. And I have a very, very small monitor in front of me, uh, as opposed to Todd, and calling from a very shitty hotel room. Hotel room, sorry. But it's uh, nice like, and sunny, so I'm happy. You guys will appreciate this. Alex is such a big nerd that he actually flew from Boston to California so he could go see uh, Avengers, the new Avengers movie. Uh, on <laughs> he, he couldn't see it in uh, Boston. So he flew to California. So he got first shot at seeing Age of Ultron. You know what? I would probably do this for uh, Star Wars, but the Avengers is not as you know as good as Star Wars. Although their early reviews say it's uh, a thing that it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, the, I haven't um, read the reviews. Never read the reviews, but uh, just summaries. That's a lot of nerd stuff, and man, we just can't go there right now. I'm super excited for that. <laughs> I do have a, a weekend of uh, of being in darkened uh, places, though, planned because um, I am uh, I'm having some people over and watching the big fight this weekend. Oh, yeah. firing up the old uh, home theater room down in the basement. Yeah, that's right. I'm uh, I'm a hundred dollars poorer. So hey, <laughs> have you guys have you guys seen this spot on Jalopnik uh, talking about? Uh, uh, I forgot the name of the boxer. He's buying all his cars from like one dealer. Mayweather. Yeah, Mayweather. Yeah. That's what you guys are talking about, right? That's the yeah, fight. Yeah. That's this fight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Like he's like That's it. Because he lives cars in, from the same place. Yeah. Because he lives in Las Vegas. There's some pretty uh, pretty high end uh, uh, car dealers in Vegas. The guy buys cars like at 2 a.m. in the morning. Like I don't get it. He, he has huh? more money than God. <laughs> <laughs> That's or, just the way it is. Or as we like to say, more money than Davy Crockett. He has <laughs> he has few money since 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> That's a good title for a show, I think. Uh, no, that's a little. It's it's too much. Okay. <laughs> too much. But anyway, gang, holy cow! We're not going to talk about the Mayweather fight. We're not going to talk about the nerd other nerd things. We're going to talk a little bit about Mini Coopers, a little bit about some really cool other four wheel car stuff that we found on the internet this week, and then uh, we, later on this evening, also we've got a really great interview with the guys. Todd, what was the interview you did again? It was the guys at Steven, TLS, right? Steven Simpson from uh, from Lap Motorsports, and he's also with uh, Miles Ahead in right. Indy. They're the Lap Motorsports. They're the ones racing the Mini at all the uh, tracks this year. That's right. In fact, this weekend, I think it's going down in uh, in California. Yeah, this last weekend, the weekend just happened. Yes, yes. Right. And also, we have everybody at the Dragon this weekend. Yeah, hopefully everybody's safely back from the Dragon now. Seeing booze photos and other inappropriate pictures, plus just great pictures of Minis on the roads up there. We're <laughs> having a great time. Pictures of butts hanging out cabin windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. How would you let that get on the internet? Oh, oh my gosh! How do you like to be the most famous butt on Facebook this past week? Right, AJ. <laughs> AJ <laughs> sounds sounds very appealing. <laughs> Alex, you need to be on Facebook because I don't think it, <laughs> there you go. I don't think it yeah, got I'm never on Facebook. I need to go back to Facebook. It's just so creepy. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like everybody's having a good time at the Dragon. It We're does. Alex. Um, we are. I've actually installed the. I, I installed the official timekeeping app. And I believe we are now just days away from Amviv, um, 30, uh, 25 days from Amviv. Thank you very much. As of this recording. So pretty exciting stuff. I'm excited. I'm really excited for Amviv. <laughs> Other things. Um, we're getting sidetracked. Let's uh, pay some bills and then we're going to get started. <clears throat> Let's start off tonight. I want to remind you guys about one of the fine sponsors here underneath the white roof. Let's click over to our friends Craven Speed. I'm actually going to put a link to this one in the show notes. But they have released a new product that you guys are going to totally think is awesome. And it is a new mini and BMW shift knob, right? 
super dope. You're going, ah, who cares? It's a shift knob. Man, man, no, man, it's cool. Care. This one is cool. So if a shift knob, imagine if you could, a shift knob that has a motoring badge that I think is actually interchangeable with other badges easily. That's how cool this thing is. I actually have a review unit on the way from uh, Craven Speed as I talk right now. Uh, and I'll be sure to be doing a full write-up on it. You guys are going to dig this. It's like it's 120 bucks, And it's freaking awesome. Does it, pop, does it pop right on too? Is it glue right on to your existing uh, shifter? Uh, yeah, I'm fairly certain it is. You pull the old one off, you put the new one on. It's changing it on a shift knob. Yeah. Although it looks, no, it looks like, from what I can tell, is it? A, yeah, it is a whole new shift knob then. Yeah, a whole new shift knob, and you just change out the caps. Yeah, that's the that's the fun uh, the fun mod that you can do that usually leaves a red mark on your forehead. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. People do that all the time. I hear stories. People like they're they're looking at it and they're pulling because all you do is pull really hard and then crack and people hit themselves in the forehead. I yeah. am not joking. It happens all the time. You have to be really careful. Anyway, I'm going to link this guy up in the show notes. I want you guys all to click back over to whitegroupradio.com, and I want you to check out this new shift knob. And also, when you're there, I want you to check out all the other things. Another part that I've got coming for review is the um, XXL FlexPod adapter. So that's for the the big phones, you know, like the iPhone 6 Plus or the big Samsung phones or the, the new um, Nexus phone. <clears throat> And I've got one of those on the, on the way as well that I'll be testing out so I can report back to you guys on that device, especially if those of you rocking the 6 Plus the thing you're going to want. Are you going to get a 6 Plus DB? Yeah, I'm looking at this. Uh, well, I, um, one of the guys I work with in the office got the new Nexus, mm -hmm. and the size is not completely freaking me out. You know what? I'm telling you. I, I thought it was Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous. The 6 Plus was ridiculous at first, and now I want one so badly. Yeah, and but you didn't you didn't you try the 6 Plus? No, I did not. Oh. I'm, so I'm on just, the same boat. I'm on the same boat like the 6 so Plus I'm, is so much I'm, better. Yeah. I'm on the S upgrade track anyway cuz I've got the 5S right now. So I'm really thinking of switching to the 6 Plus, and I wanted to make sure that I got the right uh, accessory for my Mini from CravenSpeed.com so that will accept the 6 Plus phone, which yeah. I'm going to get one, and I'll be doing a full test. You guys will read about that later. But I want you to go click over, check out all the things at Craven that they've got The you know besides this new really rad shift knob, the N-Gage system, which is another really cool interior mod for your car. Um, uh, what else is over there? The the FlexPod adapter that we like. And, of course, you know, the dipstick so you can read and check your oil. And then even the subby antenna. Super cool stuff. All available from our friends over at CravenSpeed.com. Um, go over there and don't forget on the homepage to sign up for the email newsletter. Because if you had that e-newsletter, you would have already heard about this BMW uh, Mini Cooper shift knob. Because it's in the newsletter that they're going to be sending out whenever it comes out. Pretty cool. Do that. That way you don't miss a thing from CravenSpeed. CravenSpeed.com, home of the electric Mini. And also... Sad times. Yes. Sad times. Our friend Kellen, mm -hmm. he's not going to be able to make it to Ampiv. No! no! <laughs> That's sad. It is, the end of, it is the end of times. It is the end of times. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're just going to have to party with Colin from... Uh... I, yeah. So I told Kellen we'd all have a brown booze and face north and, you know, toast. That's what we're going to have to do. Actually, northwest. Yeah, northwest. So we'll have to make sure we do that. We'll take a picture... Post it to the Facebook. Pour a little out on the uh, casino floor. Pour a little bit out for our for home. <laughs> yeah, get that on video. For our fallen homies in the Northwest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Northwest. Good the problem with uh, video is that it does not communicate the smell of sadness. It's <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> awesome. We're going to be in a Vegas casino and it's going to smell like cigarette smoke and then, you know, cheap bourbon. Well, though, we could do better bourbon because Kellen likes better bourbon. Yeah. So we'll we'll take care. Actually, the Silverton smells less of sadness than Palestation does, and of course, over at Palestation, Woost is going to be going on the same weekend. Which DB, you were right. It is the European Car Fest, which is yeah. like the Volkswagen guys, Audi guys, BMW guys. They're all going to be over partying and tearing down Palestation. So catching it on fire, and I think they put um, cherry bombs in the toilets. Yeah, that place. Oh my gosh! If you're going to be in Vegas, in a Viv, but you're not going to Amviv. For whatever reason, stay away from Palace Station. <laughs> you know what's very convenient when you have an Audi? You can be both an Audi and Volkswagen guy. You oh, can, yeah. It's yeah. very convenient. Well, you know, never thought of that. Very clever. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> go check them out. That, dude, I'm so excited for that shift now, but I can't wait to get it. Awesome. Super cool. Um, let's do some news music. Oh. <laughs> 
We have uh, news. Uh, it's a, a, I hate saying slow news week because it's not really a slow news week. Just not a lot going on because, you know, it's dragging in. It's mini season and it's that weird time of the year. The automotive industry just they don't know what to do with themselves because they're working on the next thing and they don't have the last thing to promote. So it's just like, well, not a whole lot going on. And it's slow. It's the end of April. And I predict I'm saying it now here on White Roof Radio. I predict mini sales down for uh, April. Oh, Boom. I'm just oh boy. I'm saying it now. And if they're not, I don't believe the numbers. How's that for an answer? There you go. <laughs> I don't believe the numbers. So I don't believe that, the numbers for March. Seeing conspiracy. I don't though. We have some insider info that we can share, but they No, I can't good. I can't say it, but I don't believe the numbers for March anymore. Okay. All right. So what we do have for news is we do have the uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this website, Alibaba. It's yes. Um it's the Asian equivalent of Amazon, Yahoo, and Google all smushed into one website, and Facebook. So it's 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 like Chinese. It's like this is like Chinese internet. This is when if you're in China and you're on the internet, you're actually on Alibaba. They shop there. They have social media there. They share photographs there. They do all the things on Alibaba. And now you can also buy Mini Coopers. You can buy a sixty thousand dollar Mini. <laughs> sixty. That's what they cost in China, $60,000. Right. You can buy it right there from the Alibaba website. I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, it makes sense. The Chinese market is, you know, exploding. Apple's making all their money from China right now. Why should many be able to capitalize on that? I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, if there's a, if you've got a captive audience and they've got a lot of money, which they do on the Pacific Rim right now, um, why not figure out a way to take advantage of that? And it looks like this might be it for, for many on the Pacific Rim. I got a question for you guys in regards to that. So, uh, so I'm, you know, I'm one of those people very exciting by the fact that you can, you know, uh, I'm sure some, some, some listeners won't like it because they're work, they work at dealers, but I'm really much in favor for the, uh, for, you know, cutting the middleman, if you will. And so this is one way of doing it. And one thing that I'm very curious about, and this is kind of probably also applied to Tesla, to Tesla, Tesla sales, like, what happens to the negotiation process? Because when you're ordering something from, let's say, Amazon, there is no negotiation. There this is no, the price, and you can't do anything about it. This is the price. So that's it? So you can't negotiate anymore for your car? You can probably ask for like a coupon code. <laughs> okay, no. that's kind of sad because, yeah. Oh, man, so you, you're, you're, not, you're buying, buying direct from the manufacturer. So you don't have the, the manufacturer. The overhead. It's oh, like okay. it's yes. like buying a, it's like buying an Xbox. It's like buying an Apple computer. You know, even if you go to the Apple store, you can't haggle on the price of an Apple computer, right? Yeah. yeah. So buying a car off the internet, it'd be like buying a computer or a cell phone or any other thing. And it's like you pay the price that's listed. You swipe your credit card, and you know, or you take care of your financing. However, you take care of your financing. Which is funny because you know all uh, so and many car right. companies have been trying to do that. Yeah. Of of saying here's the price for the car. It's going to be in China, but yeah, the whole price for a car thing. They've been trying to do that forever, and people still walk in and say, "I know that's the best price you can give me." Well, and if you go in the you know last couple of days of the month, you chances are they'll lose money just to move the just to move the car, get the number. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to happen though when you're buying cars on the internet. No, it's not. No, not at all. Who's to say? Maybe and because the Chinese auto market is relatively new. Within well, the last what, fifty years? Yeah. Well, okay. With like a huge amount of growth lately, they might their their way of buying a car might just be I walk up to the car shop and I say I want this car and they say that'll be you know ten thousand dollars or whatever their equivalent is and you write them a check or you swipe your credit card or you get financing whatever then you pay that price the price that's on the sticker maybe that's how they do it there. Yeah, but the, you don't have so I'm you know if you don't have the overhead that's fine like the dealer overhead it's fine I mean you're in one way or another, you're getting back to what you would negotiate with a dealer. Yeah. Well, I think there's so many politics involved because I know Tesla's had a problem in a lot of states. There are a lot right. of states with laws that say manufacturers can't sell directly to the consumer um, right. here in the U.S. Now, a lot there's been some fancy ways around that right. in a lot of places, but I think that's where we run into the problem is politics in the U.S. Right. of the dealer network, if you – I'm using air quotes here – the you know the old school way of selling cars um there's got to be a lot of politics that happened before 
you know, that becomes the norm. But it's working for Tesla. It seems to be. I mean, we've talked about that before, but how awesome would it be if a car manufacturer, whether it be Tesla or Mini or even Volkswagen or whoever, just said, you know what? We are going to start running our own dealerships and we're going to run them and do it like an Apple store. Well, and they're all the same. You get the same experience at everyone you go to instead of... No matter where you go, it's going to, the building's going to look the same. Everybody's going to treat you the same. They're all going to be dressed the same. You get the same product. You know, and it would be like Todd said, the same experience. I think that's brilliant. I would love. I would rather shop for cars in that manner. Yeah, but it's uh, as much as I think it's. You know, I'm I'm all for this. You know, obviously I'm on the same page as you guys. But it's funny because when you look at what's happening right now, especially in regards to uh, to uh, the dealer, you know, networks, you have this trend of you know wanting to people, you know, customer wanting to cut the middleman, and Tesla. You know, paving the way for this. Although I think GM and Ford actually started doing this, like tried to do this like a while back and, and did not succeed. Maybe because their approach was way too aggressive, maybe, and also because they were entrenched with dealer networks. So you have this on one side, and then on the other side you have a big private equity fund and and uh, and Berkshire Hathaway and other you know uh, uh, big investors that are investing heavily and in buying dealer networks like by the dozen. Uh, almost uh, since uh, you know the last 12 months and it's been it's a very interesting uh, dynamic because if those people are buying those investors are buying so many network they have no interest in uh, in having the middleman being cut off from the from the transaction okay. right well, all right well so there's that so yeah if you're in china you know go buy an inner go buy a car from alibaba boom boom uh, and then Gabe spent some time with the five-door. We kind of mentioned that uh, a couple weeks ago. So Gabe's been driving around with the four-door, and you can go over there and read him kind of somehow him and ha about actually not hitting his head on when he got in and out of the car, which we know is fake. <laughs> <laughs> He's nobody, nobody, nobody believes me. I mean, we've I've heard from a handful of people, but I got to say, <clears throat> I'm at my dealer all the time. You know, three, four days a week. And I talk to the porters who drive these cars, who get oh, yeah. in, get in and out of them, and all of the salespeople. And I've asked, every, you know, all of them, and the techs who get in and out of the cars. And I've asked them all. I'm like, how many times have you hit your head on the four door mini? And everybody's like, are you kidding me? Every time I get, you know, <laughs> it's like eventually you learn. Okay, this is a four door. I got to be careful getting in. And the way Gabe put it, he danced around what I think here. He kind of <laughs> pussyfooted around the truth. So, here, so here's Gabe's comments. You know, he's yeah. got the five series and he's six foot two. Read it. No trouble getting in and out of the five series. No trouble getting into the R56, R53, R50. Gabe's never had a trouble, right? But you go, the five door is a little bit different and requires a slightly different angle of attack <laughs> for us all drivers. <laughs> it's not bad, and I'd even say it's better than the countryman. Oh, man. Oh, bullshit. <clears throat> I apologize, listeners. I my throat. I'm some water. Throw that right up. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> and it's it, it, you know he's absolutely correct. If you change the angle of uh, angle of attack of attack, you yeah. won't hit your head. And when, you, if you go in head first, like if you dive into the five door, you will not hit your head on the roof. You might hit it on like something else, but you're not going to hit it on the roof. I guess you could always jump in Dukes of Hazard style through an open window. <laughs> you could always do that. <laughs> Good grief! I bet you can do that. Though. You'd probably bump your, you probably scrape your face on the uh, on the roof too. And that, was, <laughs> and that wouldn't be very fun. Yeah. No, anyway, wouldn't. Go check that out. Gabe's kind of doing the review and dribs and drabs. So uh, I think you got to spend a couple solid weeks with that car, uh, and I would expect a full review coming from Motoring File very very soon. And then um, if you go over to BimmerFile.com, you can find out all of the personnel changes happening at BMW USA. That came down. You're, you're interested. Yes. And then this one might be of interest to the Mini Cooper people. And that's only I'm only reminded of this because Nathaniel was on last week. Um, but he, they, they over at ScooterFile, they're going to have an, the Eco Rico scooter. And it's a little electric like stand-on scooter. It's pretty badass little piece. And he's got one for review, and he's looking for questions from you guys. So I'll make sure I link this up in the, in the uh, show notes because this is like a cool little piece. I know you guys like scooters, so it's not like the mini scooter, but it's kind of cool. Kind of. You guys don't care? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. 
Oh. Squares, you know. I want one. Of, you know, as far as wheeled things go, DB. I want uh, one of the uh, one of those go kart uh, races. You know. Yes. So endeth news from morningfile.com. Who <laughs> is reading Petrolicious? Like you should. Yes. I am. So this one came up on Petrolicious, and again, I'll link this in the show notes. And it is these these things, and they're called cycle carts. So the cycle cart's been around for a very long time, and it's like. It's like a go-kart kind of thing. It's like go-kart, but with like an old school body on it. It's like go-kart meets soapbox derby is what it really is. Yes. That's what I kind of call it. I would call it that too. So you basically, you've got an aluminum framed chassis and then you make it look however you want on the outside. You can make it look like an old MG, like a 1930s MG or Bugatti or whatever you like, or just something like a cheap slapped together soapbox derby car with big spoked wheels and tires on it and a Pulsar Briggs and Stratton motor. Right? Yeah. Oh, dude, these guys are racing these. I, I like started going through YouTube. There's like, there's like, they have races. They race them on the dirt and up mountains and they ride them through the grass and it's they super do like 45 cool. miles an hour, man. Yeah, dude. We need to do this. Yeah. We it's- need to build one of these in the, for the white roof radio. Well, the thing is, is you have to have you have to find an, uh, an inspirational car, you know, like in like an old Buick or Pontiac or one of those old racers, you know, something classic like a 1920s kind of racer. Thing. Yes. Or, you know, like a 1930 BMW 318 PS Wartburg. Yes. Yes. Right. Something like that. Or it's got to be, you know, but it's open air. There's no roll cage, no roll bar, no seatbelt. It's like riding. A, it's like riding a go kart. It's like being a kid. It's like all of us when we were kids. You know, like we'd build ramps for our bicycles, and we'd be dangerous. And nobody, nobody was ter- telling us to wear helmets, which was dumb, by the way. But nobody was <laughs> telling us to be safe, and we we were just like crashing into things, and we all turned out relatively okay. <laughs> I, I came out relatively unscathed. Yeah, me too. But um. Yeah, I, I need it. If, if you out there in the White Roof Radio audience, I'm like I said, I'm going to post a link to this back to the Petrolicious uh, page. I think I actually shared it on Facebook already, too. I don't remember. But if you uh, have built one of these or know somebody who has, um, leave us a note in the show notes if you've gotten the chance to actually drive one of these kind of cars. We think they're rad. They're super awesome. I really want to do this. Yeah, I think it would. It, it does sound like fun, but you know. yeah, and they're they're perfectly sized for Alex too because they're just little tiny cars. <laughs> oh my god! Boom in my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I haven't said anything. <laughs> I don't know why I get this. Here, I've got just a little more history because I'm really I've been nerding out about these things all weekend. I was just finding the right part in the article, but yeah. this is something these have been being built for like a hundred years ago. So for like a hundred years, because cars were expensive, right? Uh, you yeah. wanted to buy a car. Yeah. I mean, holy cow, you needed like a hundred bucks yeah. back in the early 1900s. And back in 1900 money, a hundred bucks was like a half million dollars. And so then they just the built these out. Of, yeah, they built these so, out of spare parts. Yeah, people started building these little cars from spare parts. They're smaller. You know, they use smaller motors or whatever. And they just came across and you know, they turned out this really cool thing I, that I totally didn't even know was a thing. And now I know it's a thing. And now I'm like really excited and I want to build one. Yeah, it's very cool. <clears throat> They're cool. Anyway, there's that. Um, I think now would be a really good time for us to drop in that interview that you did earlier this week, Todd. Yeah. Who was that with again? Uh, sorry, that's with uh, Stephen Johnson from uh, Lap Motorsports and uh, Miles Ahead, the driving school and teen driving academy in Indianapolis. Right, and they were out in Kansas City? Yes, they were right, doing a right? teen driving academy last week in, awesome. uh, here in Kansas City, and it was completely sold out. So a big success. It was their second time down here doing it, and it was a great interview. So, Very cool. Let's roll into that now. All right, Todd from White Roof Radio here. I am in Kansas City. I'm with uh, Stephen Simpson, right? Yes, that's it. And uh, you're from uh, the Miles Ahead program, and you also work with Lap Motorsports. Is that right? Yes, I do. Yep, absolutely uh, involved with many in in both uh, angles, I suppose. So so tell me your involvement first first with the Miles Ahead program in Indianapolis. Yes, absolutely, uh, Todd. So Miles Ahead is based at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, 
we are the official motoring school of Mini USA. That's something we are very proud of. Uh, we've been in operation for, uh, well, three years now, three solid years. And uh, we run a performance driving program at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We utilize the entire 2.6-mile road course. And our program uh, finishes with a hot lap, an instructor-driven hot lap on the oval at the end of the day. So uh, fantastic experience. We're the first and only driving school to be based at the Speedway. That's also something we're incredibly proud of. And, um, and we're here in Kansas City this weekend doing a, uh, a teen safe driving uh, program called a, a Mini Teen Motoring School. Well, it's, a, it's actually a, a teen safe driving program for Baron Mini. And we're doing that at Church of the Resurrection. Well, that's great. Now, do you also do a teen driving school kind of courses at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway through miles ahead? We do. It's called the Mini Teen Motoring School, and we do that at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, we actually had an event last weekend, and uh, it, it's fantastic. It's it's a, a very well-rounded event. Uh, we teach teenage drivers the dangers of the road, uh, the dangers of distracted driving, how to be a safer driver, and uh, we've also got a skid control course. So uh, we prepare them well for when the weather when the weather turns and uh, gets icy and slippery outside. Uh, so we have a great program at the at the speedway oh, well well that's awesome now tell us about the kind of cars the kind of minis you use at uh at indy Yes, so currently we have a fleet of 22 uh, 2014 Mini Cooper S hardtop cars. And uh, we're actually about to get delivery, we're very excited, of the new 2015 Mini John Cooper Works hardtop car. So we, uh, we can't wait to have those uh, new cars in our fleet and get our participants uh, uh, driving around the speedway in the, in the new cars. Well, we're also very excited about that. I, I personally, I'm a GP owner. I've got a John Cooper, a 2006 GP that uh, I've had for nine years now. I love the car and I'm very eager to see the new JCW. What are your thoughts on the specs so far and have you driven one yet? So I have not driven one yet. Uh, can't wait to drive it. Uh, on paper, the car looks fantastic. Uh, if it handles any, anything close to what the 2014 uh, Mini Cooper S hardtop does, uh, it, it's going to be exciting. I'm really excited to see the horsepower of the car because it's a nice step up. And, uh, and also the Brembo brake package that the John Cooper Works car has on it. So I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, I, I think they basically did what um, they did with the GP2. It's that same brake kit, I believe. Uh, I have, I've yet to see it. It's been showing up at dealers the last week, and we've been getting reports from around the country, people getting a chance in this car. Now, I know the first ones coming out are automatics, and I'm assuming at the driving school in Indianapolis all the cars are automatics. Is that correct? You know, that is correct, yes. Uh, all of our cars are automatic. In the past, we have uh, had a, you know, a manual car or two. Uh, but really, nowadays, the way automatic works, uh, the, the way the automatic cars are, uh, all of our cars do have paddle shift, I'll add that. And uh, really, the paddle shifting is a lot quicker than manual shifting. And I know to some uh, diehards, uh, that's probably not what you want to hear. But there's a reason all race cars nowadays are made with paddle shift gear change. So uh, there's certainly a, a quicker way to drive. And, and to be honest with you, uh, I really enjoy the, the, the automatic paddle shifting car because I, I think it's, in my opinion, more fun. Well, and, and we've been having the discussion uh, over the years on White Roof Radio, and we call ourselves stick, stick shift snobs, but the, the latest automatic transmission in the F56 minis, um, I'm a huge fan of. I had a loaner car yesterday. It was a Cooper S. I didn't have the shifters, yet I did put it in manual mode and, and use the, uh, the shifter itself. I didn't have the paddle shifters, but... I, I really had a good time in that car, so I'm eager to see the JCW, and I know it's coming out in automatic transmission first, and the manual will be a few months later. And uh, I was going to wait, and I think I might pull the trigger because I agree with you. It does seem like it's a lot of fun, and on paper, everybody says it's faster. The, the 0 to 60 times are slightly faster in the automatic. Uh, the fuel efficiencies may be a little bit better now. It used to be worse, so all of those things strike a difference. Anyway, um, tell me a little bit about your involvement with Lap Motorsports then as far as uh, performance cars go. Well, the, the Lap Motorsports side is very exciting as well. It's obviously a, a new program this year, 
and uh, I was one of the drivers in the first race at Sebring uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I didn't do too much driving myself. I left uh, a lot of it up to my teammate. Uh, but uh, for a first time out in the car, uh, well, from a team point of view, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, there were a few little things we needed to work out, but uh, all in all, by the end of the weekend, it was just fantastic. And uh, the cars handled great. We started to... to play with the setup a little bit which was very exciting and for being essentially a stock car uh, it, it was great a lot of fun so i know my experience with we drove a uh, a new cooper s cross country on mini takes the states last year and i found the onboard computers to be a little sensitive to tire wheel spin and whatnot i uh, got a little traction and through a drivetrain code. And so I'm curious how that worked out on a, in a racing environment. Did you guys tweak that at all or did you just ignore the codes? <laughs> We were, we were trying to tweak it as much as we can. Uh, so, you know, the exciting thing about the, the motorsports program this year is that it's, it's new to Mini and it's obviously new to Lamp Motorsports. So uh, we're learning a lot as we go. And for me, what's going to be exciting is uh, throughout the course of the year to see how the car will move up the grid. Because the one thing we came away from Sebring with was... Uh, so much confidence and excitement because uh, just from the early signs that we saw from the cars, uh, they're going to they're gonna be great. And I have no doubt that by the end of the year, we're going to be running at the sharp end. And, uh, and the other thing to keep in mind is both cars that, that raced at Sebring were brand new. They, they hadn't turned a wheel uh, before getting to Sebring. And, and one of the cars uh, had a shakedown on the Tuesday before the race. And, and the other car that I was driving uh, had its shakedown. It actually went uh, through tech. And uh, my teammate who qualified the car was getting strapped in while he was going through tech and <laughs> rolled off tech and straight uh, onto the track uh, in qualifying on the Friday after, uh, sorry, Thursday afternoon before the race on Friday. And uh, that was the first time the car had ever hit the track. Well, that's, that's trial by fire in, in a new car and, uh, unpre you know, kind of, I don't want to say unprepared, but you said they performed very well though, right? Yes, they did. Uh, again, for, a, for basically a, a stock car and, and something that hadn't turned a wheel uh, in a, a racing environment, uh, they did. We, we actually, uh, I think we exceeded our own expectations, and uh, it's, it's just very exciting because we as a team uh, know how competitive the cars can be. And like I said, we're, we're excited to, to develop them, uh, work with Mini USA, and uh, the, the partnership already between Lap Motorsports and Mini USA is, is a strong, exciting one, and uh, it's going to be a great year. So tell me how the relationship started between Mini USA and uh, Lap Motorsports. How did you guys decide to race minis in the Continental, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge? Well, you know, uh, Chris Potita, or known as Chris P, uh, was, uh, I think, uh, he, he made a great decision uh, going into the Continental Tire Series. Uh, and I think going in with uh, certainly two cars at the moment, a third car might be added on. Uh, and I think from a, a competition point of view, it's the right place to be. I think the Continental Tire Series has, uh, it's got great TV time. Uh, obviously, the races are, are all endurance races, uh, being two and a half hours long. Uh, we go to some fantastic tracks around the country and, and uh, some some great areas uh, so I think from a exposure point of view and from a competitiveness point of view I think it's absolutely the right place uh, for for lap motorsport and mini USA to be so uh, uh, what are your hopes for the year for the 2015 you know season for lap motorsports and and the mini team then I mean I'm sure you have goals absolutely and uh, we we do have goals uh, you know, before the first race, setting those goals was interesting because we really had no idea uh, what to expect. We didn't, didn't want to uh, underperform to ourselves or, or, you know, exceed our expectations. And I think certainly from, from Sebring, we ex exceeded uh, our own expectations. Uh, so goals for the rest of 2015 is to uh, learn as much as we can about the car, continue to develop the car. And, uh, and obviously strengthen our relationship with Mini USA, which is fantastic already, and, uh, and basically go into uh, 2016 uh, and start off the first race uh, being able to contend for wins right away. Well, that's awesome. I know it's exciting for many fans to be able to see on TV, you know, uh, uh, minis in the race. And I know there have been in the past, too. There's, there's been a couple of teams that were in the field. And I don't know this year if there's any other, are there any other mini teams in competition? At this point, no, they are not. And, uh, you know, another thing, Todd, that was so good about Sebring was how when the cars rolled out of the trailer, 
the couple days over the race weekend, it was amazing how much support we had, not just from, from regular fans, but even from other team members and rival teams. They would come up and and want a, a team T-shirt, and uh, and it, there was a story. Their their son would have a, a mini in the family, and even though they work for a rival team down the paddock, they uh, they they felt fantastic that mini were uh, were present in the series, and uh, and thought it was just fantastic. So the the support we received over the weekend was was just fantastic and, and incredibly exciting. Well, there's a great racing heritage from many, you know, dating back to the 60s and Rally Monte Carlo and, of course, now. And uh, I, as, a, as a fan myself and an enthusiast of many, I sure appreciate that you guys are carrying that uh, torch and, and doing quite well so far. It's been pretty impressive to see, you know, what you guys have, have turned out of this you know, brand new car, basically. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think from what you've seen so far, this is only the beginning. Well, that's great. We're, we'll be excited to see the rest of the season and what you guys, you know, have got in store with Lap Motorsports. And uh, how do people find more information about the Miles Ahead program if they want to come to Indianapolis and, and uh, drive the, the program? Absolutely. So now is is getting into our busy season. So over the course of the next couple of months, we have our uh, mini motoring school dates at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, easiest way to, to find us is go onto our website, which is bemilesahead.net. Uh, we're also on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Uh, so uh, go in and check us out. We've got our, all of our class dates on our website. And um, it's fairly easy to navigate and, and, uh, and have a look. Uh, but I'd say uh, sign up quickly because uh, we've, uh, we've already had um, a program last weekend. It went incredibly well. Uh, so I, we expect our programs to fill up nicely. Well, that's great. We encourage people to go get, you know, the opportunity to drive a Mini on track. I've done that at a dozen different tracks around the world. It is so much fun. It is an experience that you just get addicted to uh, over time and kind of want to start becoming a track rat. So, uh, and I know you guys know what that's all about. You spend your days driving Minis on the track. So, You know, absolutely. And, uh, and another point, Todd, is... Uh, our driving instructors at Miles Ahead uh, are all professional race car drivers and in fact two of our uh, driving instructors are going to be competing in the Indianapolis 500 this year. So uh, that's something that makes us very proud and we're going to certainly be cheering them on. Uh, so uh, when you do come to the, the mini motoring school you can be sure that you're going to have uh, uh, the best instruction possible uh, by some fantastic instructors. Well, that's great. We encourage everybody to check that out, uh, bemilesahead.net. Uh, look for that program and, of course, the Teen Driving Academy that you've got there also. Great if you've got teenagers that are new to driving, and especially if you have a Mini. Uh, it's, I'm sure, great information. And you guys are going to be here in Kansas City uh, this weekend on Saturday at Church of the Resurrection doing a Teen Driving Academy. You were here a year ago and did it uh, two, year, two years ago and had you know good success. We're glad to have you back. So, hey, we wish you the best of luck with, uh, with Miles Ahead program and with Lat Motorsports. We'll keep an eye out for you on TV. Perfect. I appreciate it, Todd. Thanks for having us on. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, Todd, thanks for taking the time to go and talk to those guys. That was a great interview. Super duper awesome stuff. It was fun. It was nice to see. And <clears throat> I don't know, we're recording this before the weekend, but uh, I believe they're racing at Sonoma this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. I'm following them on Facebook. You can follow them on Facebook, too. But, yeah, I think they're racing up at Sedona this, uh, Sonoma this weekend. Yeah. Their car is awesome. The race car is so rad. Super rad. Anyway. Yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I'm excited for those guys. It sounds like yeah, a lot of fun. Me, too. I hope they do well. Um, moving on to finish up, Todd got, a, Todd got the chance to drive the JCW this week, or last week, rather. And unlike Alex, he did not get uh, his uh, skirt stuck in anything. So he was actually <laughs> driving proper. <laughs> Yeah. So you got to drive the JCW. I did. I did. I had it for uh, had it for quite a while, and um, <clears throat> put it through its paces. I, I got to drive a, a considerable amount of highway in town and twisties. Um, mm. There's a couple of places here locally that I I went and took it out on the road just to kind of shake it down a little bit as best I could. And uh, it, I have to say, w without being too I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word disappointed, but I expected more. I expected it, I expected to like it more than I did, okay? Okay. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I did. It was great, and I will say that maybe I should just say the best part about this car was its acceleration at on highway speeds. 
uh, I was on the highway and had to pass a truck because my exit was coming up. And, was a truck um, pulling a horse by chance? Yeah, no, it was no, not a truck pulling a horse, uh, but it was like a giant like landscape truck, and so it was pretty big. Um, and anyway, uh, I was like stuck in in traffic a little bit, and so I had to duck out into the left lane and punch it. So of course it's the automatic transmission. I downshifted a couple of times into fourth gear. And was doing about 65 or 70 miles an hour. And literally, by the time I passed the truck, I was well over 100. I mean, the car, in a blink of an eye, went from 70 to 100. And that alone impressed me more than anything. Uh, you know, the highway speed to get around and you call that active safety, if you will. Right. And I don't, I don't condone doing 100 miles an hour on the highway because I, I, wasn't in t- I didn't set out to do that. My intent was not to, oh, let's see if we can get to 100. I was just passing the car, you know, passing the truck to go, okay, I need to get up and get to my exit. And looked down and was like, whoa, and I immediately hit the brakes. And I'm like, okay, slow down, slow down. But <clears throat> it was highly impressive uh, in the upper ranges there. Um, also highly impressive about this car, the brakes. Uh, they were phenomenal. You know how soft we all thought the brakes were on the F56? Yeah, I remember we, we didn't really care for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we all thought that they'd taken a step backwards from the R56. And DB, right. you've been driving an R56 now for a few months. What do you think of the brakes on, on your, the, the stock brakes on your car? I'm not a fan. Not a huge fan. Really? Do you think they're just a little too... Well, keep in mind that for the last, I don't know what, 12 years, I had aftermarket brakes exclusively on uh, my Mini. That's true. That's true. So I switched from using you know, uh, slotted rotors and green stuff pads right. to stock rotors and stock pads. And so I think they're pretty soft. Right. Well, our, our frame of reference then is driving the F56 cross country last summer on many takes estates. We all kind of thought the braking system was a little soft and took a little bit more pressure and, you know, didn't have as much feel as it should. They've done away with that. These new, the four pot brakes they're using on the JCW now, the Brembo brakes are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They, they, they really are phenomenal. And uh, I can't say enough good about the brakes. <laughs> now, that being said, the car I drove had 18-inch wheels, had the 18-inch, you know, the GP kind of five-spoke GP-looking wheels. Um, it did not help the handling of this car. Really? You know how I'm a big fan of 18-inch wheels. I know, DB, yeah. you're not. Alex, I just only find the tires. I'm a cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alex, I don't know where you stand on the, on the difference there, but... Uh, I prefer. I, well, it's it's a uh, it's a design thing. I think uh, when you look at the R56, I think the 17th was just you know good enough. Uh, and in terms of handling, it was fine. But now when you when you in terms of you know the, the how the car looks, especially the Mini and and also BMWs, like anything below 18 for me is just look ridiculous on the car. Yeah. No, I thought it would help with the handling. No. Uh, but what you seem to be saying is that it doesn't. The car still, it, it didn't feel, <clears throat> I wouldn't go so far as to call it sloppy, but the car was so smooth, if you will, that uh, in driving this in, I would say, spirited situations, I'm trying to be nice about this, um, you, it was unpredictable when it was going to break away. Mm. Now, we heard this from another friend of the show who got to drive the, uh, the F56 in Philly last week. And uh, he said also that it it kind of, you know, would break away. He got it to break loose. I did, too, many times. I got the car to drift a little bit sideways. Now, that could be a combination of, you know, it's a new car, newish car, the tires. It was, it was about 75 degrees, so I can't say it was cold. It wasn't hot. But um, I would highly recommend a really sticky set of performance summer tires on this car for grip because <clears throat> in... What I'm used to, I'm used to driving my GP, and I've got ultra-performance summer tires on this car. It ramps up to the point where you know it's going to break away. You can feel it. You're pushing it to the limits. You're pushing it to the limits. And you know, DB, you've been on the track before. You know that feeling of like, okay, this is, I'm at nine-tenths right now. I better stop, right? Right. Like, I, I, I better go, be- if I'm, I'm going to go to 10, but I'm not used to being at 10, so I know it's going to break right after that. So I'm just going to sit here at like nine and a half tenths. Exactly, exactly. And the GP is brilliant the 2006 GP is brilliant in that because you can feel that when you're, you're pushing it, you're pushing it, and it's like, this is all I've got. I'm going to break away, and then you can back off a little bit and, and you know, maintain control. <clears throat> I felt like the F56 JCW was, it was smooth, 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 and all of a sudden, whoa, out of, you know, I've lost it. Wow, okay. Okay, and then you kind of got to, you know, get your composure a little bit. The car composes itself brilliantly, by the way. Um, I was driving with, out the aid of DSC and in sport mode. So it was pretty raw 
you know, because I'm, I'm used to driving like that. So, but I still felt like there was no warning when this car decided to let loose. And there was way more tire squeal than there should have been. Hmm. Way so, more. So maybe it needed like a little bit stiffer of a rear sway bar? Yeah, I think it needs more low. <laughs> oh, maybe it needs more low. That's a problem I'm experiencing right now with my car, yeah. Yeah, it felt a little wobbly, like it was a little too high-centered. And okay. uh, dare I say unbalanced. And I believe um, our friend in Philly who, who wrote about this said the same thing. He said the car felt a little unbalanced and needs lowering springs. And uh, he thought 18-inch wheels would help. The car I had, you know, had 18-inch wheels. It did not help. Did not help the situation at all. Now, okay. that being said, the car was smooth as glass. Comfortable, like right. driving a Cadillac. But... Right. It's a Mini but Cooper. It's a that's JC. Not what, that's not what you want with a JCW. Though. You got it, man. You were, that was right where I was going. That's not what I want with a JCW. I want the guttural feeling of raw power, and it just laid that power down so smoothly. You so know, the bulk of my experience with JCW is with the JC the company car, the JCW Roadster, right? Right. And and I don't know if you guys remember, but I thought that car felt twitchy, like it was. That car wanted to go fast. That yeah. car did not like being stuck in traffic or doing the speed limit or taking off and keeping the revs under 3,500 as you shift through the gears. That wasn't what that car was about, right? Mm-hmm. And when you when you went somewhere, when you pointed in a direction, it was going. That's the direction you're going to go. And it didn't F around. It's like, boom, you're there. Right. And it rode a little rough, and it had a great noise, especially with the top down. And it was exactly what you want out of that car. That's what you expect. You're buying a sports car. You expect it to be kind of, you know, like that. And you're saying, though, that the uh, the F56 JCW isn't like that. Well, and I'll give Mini credit for the fact that, DB, like you said, they basically did away with that feeling of you can drive this car in traffic, and it's completely comfortable. You can baby it along. Okay. And But I think the, the JCW Roadster, like you were talking about, it didn't like to be babied. It wanted to be ridden hard yeah. all the time. And my GP is the same way. If you right. try and baby the GP, you will jerk and buck like nobody. You cannot ease into that car. It wants to go. And so you have to kind of be on it and be ready for that. And I like that. I'm, and that's just what I'm used to. Take all of what I said with a grain of salt in perspective of what I'm coming from. I'm used to driving a 2006 GP. I've been driving it for nine years, um, full-time. You know, I've driven other cars on a regular basis. I've got another F56 Cooper in the garage. Uh, but I, I just want to put in perspective here w- what I mean about it. I-, I think the good part about this car is it's comfortable. It's smooth to drive. It has the power when you want it. It definitely has the power. However, the difference between this car and the Cooper S did not feel like it was worth the money to me right now. So I have a, I have a comment. So um, I think I heard, a while back I heard you guys, uh, or maybe it was Gabe, I don't know, but probably Gabe was on the show at this time, um, make a comparison between the BMW lineup uh, and their engines and the Mini lineup and their respective engines, right? And so if you look at the 0.28i engine, it's, you could say, well, that's the equivalent. The equivalent in the Mini world is the Cooper. Uh, the 0.35i, the equivalent is the Cooper S. Mm-hmm. And M is uh, supposed to be the JCW. Right. So from listening to you, Todd, it seems to me that actually the JCW as it stands now, and we know that Mini doesn't have the same you know, resources to, to develop an M car like uh, Mini, but it sounds to me it's more like a uh, 35i with M performance, you know, accessories. Or like a 35is, you know. It's closer to that than it would be closer to to an M car. And so the question for people, I think, who are on you know on the on the market to possibly buy a JCW is that does it warrant that extra cost? Uh, given the fact that it's not, you know, not full, from what you say, we haven't, you know, had like a full review or anything. It's not, uh, uh, you know, like a full-on like race, not race car, but you know what I mean, like very, very sporty version of the of the Mini. And you know, I think it all is about perspective of what you're coming from, because if you're used to driving around in, let's say, an R56 Cooper or an R56 Cooper S, even on a regular mm-hmm. basis, you're going to come to this car and it's going to feel powerful. It's going to feel quite a bit more powerful. 
Now, I said this, and I was poo-pooed by Mr. Bridger on Motoring File when the specs for the JCW came out. I said, my 2006 GP has a greater horsepower-to-weight ratio than the new JCW does. And I right. guarantee you, you drive those cars back-to-back, you will feel it in the butt dyno, okay? Um, mm-hmm. am I, I'm not saying that the, my 2006 GP is faster than the new JCW, it's probably not, okay? But it feels faster, and isn't that what we want in a daily, you know, like, you want fun. I want to feel, if I'm going to pay that much money, I want to feel like it's fast. <laughs> I want to feel like I'm paying that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and maybe it just takes some getting used to. I, I'm going to have to spend some more time in it. Uh, app tomorrow, I'm going to get a chance to drive the upgraded JCW with the JCW exhaust, the one like we drove on many Texas States last year. Oh, so I'll have a little bit more perspective uh, next week on the show. But um, my initial impression was this is a good car, but I got to spend a little more time with it before I would decide, hey, I would choose it over the Cooper S. I, I just don't know right now. I'm a, it's, a, it's a coin toss for me, and my initial impression was it didn't feel as fast as I thought it should. So right now you're tending to, uh, uh, towards removing this car from your list? Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say it's no longer at the top of my list. It might be in a tie, but I got to look at the numbers and see what would it be to fully equip a Cooper S and then do the JCW upgrade you know, with the exhaust and everything on it, how much of a savings would that be? If it would be like two, $3,000 savings, I think I would consider that over getting the JCW. Now, for that, granted, you're not getting the seats, you're not getting a bunch of the standard features that on the JCW. It's a pretty good value for what it is. But then again, it's still pretty expensive. Mm. So. It is. Alex, are, are you drinking ice through a slinky? <laughs> sorry. Yeah, those, those headphones are really bad. I'm sorry to, for, every, for everybody. Uh, well, please, audience, accept my apology for the poor quality of my microphone. <laughs> it's okay because I think we're done. We're going to wrap so you can go see uh, the Avengers here. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to let you go watch the Avengers. So you go ahead and go do that. And uh, thanks everybody for thanks everybody for stopping by and listening live. If you did, uh, remember we record live every Thursday at 9 p.m. CST at Central Standard Time, uh, or you know shortly thereafter. So if you're ever at whiterefredo.com, you can pull it up on your iPhone, your iPad, your Android device, whichever you got, and you'd be able to listen live right from the site. Super awesome, super cool. Uh, one of the nice new features that we've been able to introduce, thanks to uh, the fine patrons that help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash whiteroofradio. Very cool. Thank you guys. We really appreciate it also really quick don't forget i want you to stop by motoringstripes.com uh, there's still time to get an order in before anviv so if you want to put new stripes on your car before you know anviv you can do that over at motoringstripes.com um so uh go over there motoringstripes.com and check it out uh still use the coupon code of 50 50 for five percent you save five percent on your order so that's still really awesome but you can get the really cool stripes the ones that actually fit your car and that's you're one of those weird people. And I've been talking to people, and there's some people out there who actually like the, the stripes from the dealer, where they, uh, you know, they don't actually start at the top and end at the bottom. If they you actually, want that, I can do that. You just need to do a special request for me. You got to do a special request. But uh, if you want your stripes to look like they start and end correctly, go over motoringstripes.com because blank is boring. But with that, we are done, gang. This is the part of the show where I do like to make the funny clicking sound. Then I say questions comments or concerns you can check click back over to whiteroofradio.com there you can leave us a note in the show notes you can also email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com but until next week this is db i'm done cheers i'm done